beautiful soul family and welcome to the walk on podcast the podcast where i try to demystify spirituality personal growth and healing and whatever else i feel like talking about i'm your host Britt cannon and this week's episode is about dun, 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 other people other people man it's like that jean-paul sartre quote hell is other people that's what we're talking about today other freaking people people like disgraced former drag queen george santos you know people like fucking what's that melty face motherfucker with the bow tie tucker tucker carlson tucker carlson um you know all of the bullshit people in the world the people who honk their horn as soon as the light changes green for you to go even though you didn't even have time to like process that the light turned green people that don't hold the door open for you people who are inconsiderate with your feelings people who use guilt to manipulate you people who can't take responsibility for their actions people who are have a vested interest in putting profits over people people whose politics are rooted in bigotry, people whose religion is rooted in bigotry, people who dehumanize people on the basis of their gender or sexuality or race or weight or class, you know, people, just the little ways that we annoy each other as we move through the world. (laughs) This is a I tried to find this blog that I wrote several years ago when I was living in my truck. So I had this like, if you've been a longtime listener, sorry for the recap, but if you're new, for a while, okay, when I went through my Saturn returns, let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Um, That's a sound of music reference for those of you who don't know. (laughs) And if you don't know, now you know. Um... When I went through my Saturn returns, I called my 28th year of life my train wreck year. When through 27 and 28, I utterly destroyed my life. I left all my friendships, all my relationships, businesses I built, hobbies I'd cultivated. I just like exploded everything and uh, and started going to therapy and healing myself and laying boundaries, which exploded even more. And then one day I was like, you know what? I got a remote job. I'm going to live in my truck. So I left home for the first time at like 28 or 29. I can't remember which one. I think it was 28 and traveled the country. Having never left my home of Norfolk, Virginia, Um, you know, you get a little jaded with where you're from. If you never leave, you get a little, you're like the people here suck. Everyone's an alcoholic. There's too much Navy. There's too much Republicans, whatever. You get like a little chip on your shoulder about it. And you think there's gotta be someplace better than this, right? (laughs) Never mind the fact that, uh, wherever you go, there you are, you know, like you cannot run yourself and you cannot run your problems because you are the source of your problems, for the most part. I mean, there are some systematic, systemic uh, contributors to our problems and stuff, but you know, emotionally, you can't really escape the problems that you, that are existing from within you and then being projected out, right? 
So, but <laughs> I did think like, this place is too small minded for me, man. I got to get out of here. So I go, I'm traveling the country and it doesn't matter if I was in fucking J crew, Colorado with all their judgment <laughs> at my living outside chic, dirty clothes, realness, um, or Baton Rouge, Louisiana, or New Mexico, or, you know, a, a weird gas station in Kentucky full of farmers. Like, it didn't matter where I was, what environment I was in, how liberal, how conservative, there were rude people everywhere. And so I wrote this blog on my WordPress blog, which was called Flight of the Final Girl. It was like an early rendition of my book that I released with the same title. And it was a travel blog, but it was about the experience of living outside and, and, and traveling and being nomadic and how many lessons I was learning, mostly through the hardship of that kind of life, you know, where you're living without, say, running water or electricity or a roof over your head, you know, you're at the whim and the mercy of the weather and sometimes other people's kindness and, and it's and you're it's just a constant struggle but it's also really eye opening because it gets you back down to basics and it reminds you what's important and it puts you in touch with like the process of getting water the process of getting and making food the process of uh setting up and tearing down camp the process of going from place to place like you just get very in touch with nature and your own rhythms and and the simplicity and focusing on, you know, basic survival things kind of quiets down the, the worrying voice of the other parts of life and you just get to live, right? And so I was learning a lot through this experience. And I started to think about, like, there are rude people everywhere. And when, you know, I always interpreted... Um, hell is other people to mean like, yeah, other people fucking suck. <laughs> and I think there is some truth to that, but it's also like we are stuck here with each other. You know, if we are in hell, hell is other people. Like you can't escape the perception of others. So much of how we feel about ourselves has to do with other people's perception of us, what we've heard about ourselves from others. And sometimes those perceptions are wrong. Sometimes those perceptions are malicious. Sometimes those perceptions are a projection of their perception of themselves that they're putting on you because someone else put their projection of their perception of themselves onto them and so on and so on and so on. This is what happens in my own experience from like mother to daughter to mother, to daughter, to mother, to daughter, like body image issues, issues around morality and sexuality or pleasure and the shame that goes with feeling pleasure and indulging in pleasure and being like an autonomous, fully realized person and not some, you know, Stepford wife automaton or whatever. Um, that's like, we're all beholden to that because we all exist together. None of us exist in a vacuum. It's really hard to totally isolate yourself. And in fact, that's not a good move. That's like going in the wrong direction, uh, or going too extreme in the other direction. And the fact that we are stuck here together is like, from my perspective, it's like, why not 
make the best of it? Like, why not allow these interactions I'm having and these perceptions, like, why not allow them to teach me and soften me and make me more considerate as a human instead of making me harder and more ruthless and more cold and and emotionally numb. A great example of this is like being in New York City. You know, when I first moved here, I was like, I remember posting a Facebook status that was like, um, you know, I, I'm having this problem where like when I'm crossing a street in a busy crosswalk, I'm like literally doing a football warm up trying not to bump into anyone. Like I'm just like scurrying around like a little scared creature. Excuse me, sorry, excuse me, sorry, excuse me, sorry. Just bouncing from side to side in the crosswalk, just trying to avoid people because people will literally mow you down here. They will bum rush you. They will tackle you. (laughs) They will shoulder check you in a heartbeat. And they just like expect that you're going to move out of their way. And a bunch of people commented and they were like, you have to stop doing that. You have to like stand your ground and, and like not allow them to, uh, to do that. Like you are entitled to take up space. You have to take up space just like they are. And I was like, "Mm, seems fake, but okay. But I started feeling like, like I could succumb to this energy, right? This like perpetuating toxicity of like entitlement and being in a rush and a lack of consideration and a lack of patience. I could do that. I think I would fare a lot better. Like I feel like I would get mine, you know? Um, but is that really in me? Like, is that who I am? And I decided, no, like I'm going to be someone who's patient. I'm going to be someone who like lets the person in front of them go. I'm going to be the person who always holds the door for someone. And that's because like, that's my integrity. That's the kind of person I am. That's the kind of energy I want to put out into the world. And so I'm not going to succumb to this like toxic hustle mindset just because it'll make my life like technically a little easier because this is like my philosophy on rushing. Like I realized one day, or I I should say, I realized many, many times over and over again that when I rush, I get anxious. And sometimes when I'm rushing, I will get anxious to the point where like I bail on whatever I'm getting ready for. (laughs) I just like can't handle it. I get too anxious and then I start feeling like I can't go. Like it becomes an insurmountable thing. And so I have to take my time. And if that means I have to like give myself more time or wake up earlier or whatever, or like plan my, my little schedule meticulously or (laughs) whatever I need to do. I need to not rush. And, and sometimes the like energy of where you are has a different philosophy on that. You know, like here, everyone's rushing, everyone's running. And if you're walking too slow, people will just like zoom past you. They won't say, excuse me. They're just, you're just a burden to them, right? You're just like a hurdle and it can be very taxing. And like, it takes a certain amount of strength to resist the urge to participate in that also, or to feel like the pure pressure of that kind of existence. And, and so in making that decision, like 
life actually became a lot softer for me. So like I do my own thing regardless of what everyone else is doing. If someone needs to get around me, I'll let them get around me. If someone wants to take up the whole fucking sidewalk with their two people instead of getting in a single file line, I'll just step to the side and let them go. It doesn't mean I'm not annoyed. It doesn't mean I wouldn't like to like, you know, shoulder check them. (laughs) But it's like, what am I, I'm not going to do that. You know, I, I'm not in a rush. So I'm just going to, you do it, you go, you, you have your moment and I'll go after you. And, you know, it does give me a little bit of a superior satisfaction to be like, I'm so glad I'm not like that. I'm so glad I'm considerate. (laughs) I'm so glad I make the right choice. I'm so glad I think about my, how I affect others. I'm so glad that I'm putting positive energy into the world and I'm not a miserable fuck taking up the whole goddamn sidewalk. (laughs) So it does give my ego a little boost to be like, wow, I've done some work that these people haven't. And that feels great. A gold star for me. Um, but, uh, it's like a thing that I've had to come to terms with over and over again. And I think this comes from like, I grew up with a grandma who never let anything slide. Like she, everything stuck to her like she was Velcro. And it was really tough to be around, actually. It was like sometimes really embarrassing. I always felt bad for service workers. She, you know, like someone, she would hold the door from someone and and someone wouldn't say thank you. And she would be like, you're welcome. And so I get it. Like when I do something nice and considerate for someone and they don't acknowledge my presence, sometimes I want to be like, you're welcome. But it's just like, is it worth the energy? You know, it used to be for me, and I think this is people who have like a lot of empathy probably resonate with this, is that everything would stick to me too. You know, like if I was around someone who was in a terrible mood all the time and they were like really passive aggressive and like always slamming things or like muttering under their breath or just acted like I was the bane of their existence or whatever, um, constantly critical of me, it would wear me down. Like it would exhaust me. It would stress me out. I found it triggering and it could like ruin the rest of my day. Or if I encountered someone who was like incredibly rude or, had really offensive politics or whatever. Like I wouldn't let it go. And it reminds me of this story, um, this like Buddhist uh, like fable thing where uh, these two monks, I'm I'm sure I've told this on the podcast before, but these two monks are walking together and, you know, they're like of the belief that they're not allowed to touch women. Like they're celibate in every way, possible like even just a touch and so they come across a woman who's like trying to get across a little river and so one of the monks like the older teacher monk and who's like traveling with his novice friend um offers to carry her across the river and and then like carries her across gets her there safely puts her down and then the two monks continue walking and after like several hours of walking and walking and walking And the novice is like steaming, right? He's like, how could this guy do this? Like, he's not, he's no teacher of mine. Like, look at him forsaking his like vows and doing the wrong thing and just like mumbling and grumbling in his head, right? He's like in a bad fucking mood because he feels like this guy did something wrong. 
And so finally he gets up the nerve to like confront this guy about it. And he's like, I can't believe you did that. How dare you? And then the teacher is like, I put that woman down hours ago. You're still carrying her. Why? And I think about that all the time because it used to be like I would have a bad interaction and I would fume about it for the rest of the day or I'd be sad about it for the rest of the day or I would just like think about it and be like, oh, I can't believe that happened. And that is very much how my grandmother was. Like she couldn't let anything go. She couldn't let anything slide. If someone was rude to her, if she felt slighted in some way, like she could talk about it for months. She was just like so uh, soft in that way. And I do think that softness is a good thing. I don't think it's good to be like hard and closed off. And I definitely think that there are some people who have such like potent, bad vibes that they just like get to you. There's no amount of meditation or like inner peace that can protect you from these people. Like they are gonna rub off on you. They're just that much of a presence. And so it's not wrong for them to affect you. And I'll get into like that specific thing in a bit, but, um, but the little things like, what if you just let it go? Like, what if you just put that woman down, you help her cross the river and you just put her down and then she's done, you know, then you're over it. You're past it. It's, it's done. So someone like cuts you in the Starbucks line and yeah, you're totally entitled to be like, Hey man, don't fucking cut me. I'm a person like wait in line like the rest of the people. But if you don't, or if it's not worth it, then don't feel about it for the rest of the day. Don't carry that man with you. He's not worth that energy. Just let it go. And, uh, you'll find that you're a lot better off, a lot lighter, a lot like happier. And, um, and they don't pile up, right? Like, I mean, everyone starts the day with a certain amount of energy and like a certain amount of bandwidth for handling things. So some days say if you're a person who menstruates and you're PMSing, that's one of those days where you can't let anything go. That's one of those days where every single thing you do and every single person you interact with seems to be hell bent on pissing you off or bothering you or irritating you. You know, you may be humbly, humble, (laughs) humble. No, what is the word? Grumbly and I can't think of the other word. Anyway, you might be like humbling and grumbling your way through the day and one thing after another, just like, "Mm, that sucks. Mm, This day is terrible. Oh, I can't believe that just happened. What a fucking asshole that guy is. And you might just like carry it all with you and then go home and let it all out and cry and scream and yell and (laughs) rant and rave. And that's okay. We're all human. But on just like your normal day where you have good bandwidth, like don't let other people be hell for you. Don't let the small things get to you. Don't sweat other people's bad behavior because I hate to report this to you. I know it's disappointing, but like you cannot control other people. You can only control yourself. I know that it in a perfect world, everyone would be considerate of everyone else. Everyone would be patient. Everyone would had have time to like take their time getting places and like stop and smell the roses. Everyone would be able to accept and love and appreciate and respect everyone regardless of their different life experiences. Nobody would be putting forth policies that do real harm to marginalized communities. Like in a perfect world, we would all be on our 
best behavior and we could live in perfect harmony in beautiful communities and life wouldn't suck so bad. But that's not the situation we're in. And you actually have very little control over other people. Anyone who's been on a like on a, on a boundary and like cycle breaking journey with a toxic family uh, knows this is the case. Like you can't love someone into changing. You can't beg someone into respecting you. You can't force someone to to respect your boundaries or like listen to your boundaries or uh, or move accordingly to your boundaries. Like there's very little control you have over of over other people and um and that can be really frustrating especially when you're right you know <laughs> when you have the right of it you wish that you could have mind control over others and be like this is how you should behave this is how you love someone but unfortunately we haven't developed that technology yet and so your best bet is just to let it go and to stop trying to control them. And if you are in a situation where you feel like I can't stay in this unless I can change this person, then maybe that takes, maybe that deserves a little bit more investigation and reflection, right? Because if you're loving someone on the basis that one day they will be different, maybe that's not love. Like maybe that's potential you're loving. Maybe that's a fantasy, um, let's get our feet on the ground and like, look at the facts of the situation. Um, and that's where discernment comes in. Right. (laughs) And also having the inner power and inner strength to like respect our own boundaries and like respect our own integrity and be strong enough to walk away when something isn't serving us and to trust that eventually we're going to gravitate towards the spaces where we belong, the spaces that are that are supportive of us, the spaces that don't challenge us in those ways, that don't leave us feeling frustrated or depleted or disrespected or out of place or self-conscious, but instead those places that make us feel full and loved and have that gorgeous healing sense of belonging that we're all looking for at the end of the day (laughs) and um and because when that comes in then other people at least the people in close proximity to you stop being hell and kind of take on this um this I don't know. What's the opposite of hell? Heaven. (laughs) Other people become heaven. That's not to say that like the world stops being annoying. I mean, look at us. We're all traumatized ass people just bumping into one another, crammed into these cities or stuck in these uh, not very open-minded towns and just like walking around with all of our baggage, just projecting it onto everyone else or not considering others. Or, you know, it's almost like, can you blame someone for moving through the world with their elbows out, you know, trying to get their seat on the train or or trying to get to the light first or whatever? It's like we're under such tremendous pressure to, like, achieve and succeed and, like, 
literally life and death sometimes or like having a roof over your head or not we're all just like fighting for scraps left to us by the ruling class and it's not enough like the scarcity is part of what makes it continue working in the way that it's supposed to it's what keeps us down it's what keeps us stuck it's what keeps us unhappy and it's also what keeps us separated and you know as I discussed in my episode on fascism like the separation, like the the scapegoating marginalized groups, the keeping us like um, in competition with one another is part of the plan. You know, when people start building communities, like that is the most loving, gentle, soft, like revolution that we could we could have. That's why, like, you know, that's why the small amount of people who survived the AIDS crisis did it because of community. It wasn't because of like anything anyone outside of the queer community did. It's because the queer community banded together. And that's true in like, in a lot of, uh, social justice movements, like it's it's because the people within the space decided to join together, like put, not put differences aside because that sounds like um, respectability politics or like spiritual bypassing or something, but like honor the differences, do the inner work to like unpack the white supremacist, capitalist, heteropatriarchy so that those differences don't stand in the way of like the human to human connection. Like we're not talking about colorblindness. We're talking about if you're white in an activist space, you're unpacking white supremacy. Um, if you're if you were brought up in capitalism, like always checking that capitalist inside yourself that says you have to compete with others or that there's only so much of the pie or that there's not enough room for everyone or whatever. Um, if you're a man in a space, like checking your patriarchy brain, you know, just uh, not ignoring the differences, but just checking your preconceived notions and like biases so that you can connect on a deeper level. So you're, you're not projecting that bullshit in a space that's supposed to be safe, hindering progress uh, for everyone involved. And uh, yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that we all do a lot of harm to one another because we're like barely hanging on. And anyone who's been stuck in survival mode for an extended period of time knows that you're not your best self when you're in survival mode. Of course, selfishness takes over. Of course, we get self-involved. Of course, we isolate. Of course, we push people away. Of course, we don't have anything to give to community because we barely have anything to give to ourselves. And and I, I don't, I mean, I do kind of judge people who get caught up in that and then just like exist that way forever because it's like how have you never questioned this or challenged this or you know aren't you tired of being miserable aren't you tired of the grind aren't you tired of the isolation aren't you tired of feeling like you're not living but I also understand how you get there you know it's really easy to get there because life is very hard and life under the white supremacist capitalist heteropatriarchy is supposed to be this hard it's by design because if it were any easier it would be a lot 
there would be a lot less barriers to making progress to like tearing that shit down. It's supposed to be, we're supposed to be in survival mode. And I really truly believe that the generational interpersonal trauma that we experience is just a microcosm of that. Like it's just the trickle down effect of those oppressive systems that keep us all separate and keep us all in survival mode and keep us out of touch with like our greater purpose here, which is to love each other and connect with one another and be our most authentic selves and contribute that beautiful energy to the world. Like we just, we can't even get close to that when we're struggling and suffering so hard every day just to like feed and house and care for ourselves in the most basic way possible. Um, so yeah, (laughs) the, the trick to building community, the trick to finding the people who are not hell so that you have some respite from the hell that can be other people, um, really comes in like in the form of discernment and in the form of making yourself someone who is heaven for other people, right? Because we've all been our little agents of chaos in our life. We've all been destructive. We've all been self-centered. If you hear that and you think, well, I haven't, I guarantee you probably have. You just haven't gotten there (laughs) to like unpack that yet. I mean, there are certain people who are more chaotic than others. Um, If you haven't listened to my Harbingers of Chaos episode, I get into that in that one. But we all do our own little damage during our, you know, during our struggle times. And um, so I think like the inner work gives way to, to being able to like connect with people who are also doing their inner work. And it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect before you find love or community or anything like that. It just means that you should be working on it because if you're working on it, um, you attract other people who are working on it and then you can work on it together. And that is like a beautiful thing. And I really think that leading by example is like the best way to foster change for others in this world. Like it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to be about it. And, um, and being about it, I think people see like the proof in the pudding. Like they see like, there's something happy about this person. This person seems lighter than other people. Like there's something about the authenticity that's emanating from this person or like, damn, I wish I could be vulnerable like that. Or, you know, you start to see little lights go off in others when you are that way in a space and you see them perceiving you. And, um, and I don't know, you can start to see the like ripples of change and it's small. And, you know, interpersonally, that doesn't seem like like interpersonal dynamics don't seem that revolutionary, right? It's not like a grand scale. It's not like millions of people in a, in a town square, like (laughs) doing a protest or anything, but, but it does sort of give way to bigger change because once you're on that roller coaster of healing, once you start that chain reaction of like, self-improvement and improvement of relationships and then improving your politics because once you're in touch with like 
love and your spirit and your own softness and what's actually good for you, you can't help but unpack the political implications or like the ways that the powers that be or the systems that we live under like hinder that growth and and keep you out of alignment with love. So then you start unpacking that and before you know it, you're an anarchist. Um, really quick, speaking of anarchy, <laughs> we're just going to take a quick break for some ads. Sorry, bye. Brought to you by the haunted mind of Brit Cannon. A walk-on production. Flight of the Final Girl. A journey through the nightmare of generational trauma and into the sunrise of survival. Run. Don't walk. It's Flight of the Final Girl. Anywhere, books are sold. So when I was traveling and I was like having this realization of like, wow, there really are rude, inconsiderate, bigoted, selfish, <laughs> like capitalistic, offensive people everywhere. Like this is something you can't escape. I was like, what is it? You know, like how do we all get this way or... Or who says it's okay to be... It reminds me of the pandemic. Like, you know, you ask people, just like put a piece of cloth over your nose and mouth for the health and safety of yourself and others. But actually, it's more about others than yourself because it protects other people from getting your germs more than it protects you from getting theirs. And like, we'll all get through this. We'll all be okay. You can have your whole life. You can like live in a way that isn't uh miserable you know you can have your freedoms or whatever this is all that requires this is all that's required of you to like go about your day-to-day life and be okay and people just can't do it just straight up refuse and you read comments about like why people refuse to do this and it's very much eugenics like they're just like if someone if someone's too much of a fucking pussy to handle covid germs then maybe they should stay inside for the rest of their lives and it's like are you for real like it's the most basic thing you could do to protect someone else and instead it's like well if you're unfortunate enough to like not be able to get sick then that's on you like clearly you did something wrong in life and that's first of all like despicable Um, it's also eugenics, but it's like so inconsiderate. It's like people are, have reached this level of entitlement where they feel entitled to do harm. And I feel like we've all known people like this. It's the person who is in a bad mood. Like they, you know, they're having a bad day. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're sick, whatever. Maybe they've had their quota of trauma in their life and they just can't fucking take it anymore. (laughs) And all their humanity has been sucked out of them by their refusal to heal. And so they're having a bad day and they're like, by God is my witness. Everyone I encounter is going to have a bad day too. Like they just get off on making everyone around them miserable if they're miserable. Everyone knows someone like this or multiple someones. And that's the entitlement of like, of like, I paid my student loans, so nobody's student loans should be forgiven. Or, you know, uh, 
whatever. Like, I was taught a super racist white supremacist curriculum in school and it was good enough for me or like my parents spanked me all the time and I grew up fine so like you should spank your kids too (laughs) and it's like no no like this is not how it works it's okay to grow it's okay to change it's okay to get softer it's not okay to make everyone around you miserable because you're miserable if you're miserable you should work on it like Ask yourself why. Unpack what's going on. If you're triggered by something, find the language to explain that you're triggered by it, at least in your own brain. Like, you don't have to share all this with people around you if you don't feel comfortable with it, although it does help. And it also fosters a deeper sense of like belonging and intimacy, which makes you feel loved when you can be vulnerable with someone and be like, hey, I'm really triggered by this thing, or I'm having a hard day because I'm feeling this, or like, I'm not feeling the healthiest right now, or I'm nervous about this thing. If you can like be vulnerable and open up about those things, then it gives way or it gives the other person the opportunity and the space to reassure you. And reassurance is like the most beautiful thing in the world because I think so many of us walk around, I mean, we all have insecurities. Like most of us have the same insecurities. So you're walking around thinking like there's something defective in me and this is why I'm so insecure and I'm such a mess and like everyone else has it so much more together than I do but what would happen if you like sat with a group of friends and you were like this is what I'm insecure about and then everyone else is like I'm insecure about that too me too me too you shouldn't be insecure about this because you have these great things about you and then you're like oh it's a universal feeling. It's not something that's wrong with me. And if we all feel it, maybe it's normal. And also, like, maybe if I'm being fed positive reinforcement or like positive messages about myself from the people who love me, I can like replace that negative thought spiral with something more self loving. Because as I mentioned before, if hell can be other people, like, other people can also be heaven. Like if you created your negative self-perception through the projections of other people onto you, right? Your parents who hated themselves, like bullies at school, friends who are jealous of you, like controlling partners, the government itself, (laughs) you know, fucking homophobic propaganda or like white supremacist propaganda or patriarchal propaganda or whatever like you you've received enough negative messages about yourself that says you're not man enough even if you're a cis straight man or you're not thin enough or you're not whatever enough you're not (sighs) commercial enough even though you're you don't care about that and has no bearing on your life at all like you're just receiving all these messages of, of like you're not enough you're not perfect you're not this you're not that you're too this you're too that and so you've internalized all this stuff from a very young age and you walk around carrying that with you everywhere you go every interaction you have this like self-consciousness is pulling at you it makes it hard to be present it makes it hard to be authentic it makes it hard to like enjoy yourself or enjoy an experience I mean it's like people are afraid to dance people are afraid to try something new people are afraid to dress how they want to dress or or be who they are because they're afraid of of what people are going to think about them because they've been told in almost like a preview 
their whole life by the messaging they received, how other people are going to perceive them, right? It's like, if you're this way, people are going to think this about you. If you're this way, this is what's going to happen to you. This is why like, you know, in my own experience with being queer, with being like anything close to butch and with being, um, fat, like, and neurodivergent and like all this stuff around manners and behavior and stuff. Like I heard the messages about like what the world would think about me if I dared embody these things with my existence, because it was clearly something that I was already embodying. So to receive from the people that are God to you, from the people who tell you how the world is and show you how to be a person, they're telling you like, the world is going to hate you. The world is going to make fun of you. You're going to have a really hard life. Like things are going to suck for you. (laughs) You're doing something wrong. You're made wrong. You're built wrong. Like you should resist all these urges. You should starve yourself. You should deny yourself pleasure. You should deny yourself authenticity you should deny yourself self-love because you don't deserve it then you're like you go through life afraid you go through life just handing people tiny pieces of yourself because you don't want them to see the whole thing or living in a way that's inauthentic which makes people like it's a miserable existence to live outside of your authenticity you're trying to fit your round peg into a square hole or whatever the saying is um You're just, you always feel out of place. You never fill that void that needs like authentic love. You have a hard time being vulnerable because there's a lot of like secrets that you're keeping and it just keeps you distant and isolated and lonely. And um, in like on the other side of the coin, once you start taking better care of yourself, like once you start being honest with yourself, once you start unpacking the fact that your perception of yourself is just someone else's perception of you, which says more about their perception of themselves than it says about you in the first place, once you realize that that's all bullshit, like that's that's something that you can believe in or not believe in. This is how I feel about like Christianity. It's like my the way that I love and like my attraction and my gender is not a sin if I don't say it is like I get to decide what's sinful to me or if sin even exists I don't have to subscribe to your belief system period you know like it has no weight in my life I don't believe what you believe so like for you to ask me to live my life in a way that is in align with your values when they're not my values is like absurd I'm not doing that it doesn't matter to me Um, so (laughs) you can do the same thing with, with the beliefs you have about yourself that come, have come from outside of you, even if they're super ingrained, even if you've been hearing them from the second you came into this realm, you know, you can unpack them, you can throw them away, you can keep what resonates, but you can discard any part of it you want to. And then in the space that's left, you can put in how you want to feel about it. And you know, I've done this with all of these things that I was taught to be self-conscious about, um, where I'm like, okay, well, how do I feel about it? Well, I've decided that the effort it takes me to be thin is not 
worth it to me. It's like not healthy for me. I get obsessive and I'm unhappy and it takes up so much time and energy that I don't have time and energy for things I actually enjoy. And it makes eating less fun. It makes working out less fun. It makes everything less fun. It makes fashion less fun. So like, I'm just going to love myself and realize that this is the way I'm supposed to look and I'm going to enjoy it. And, and then when I started to, I was like, amazed at the like the liberation I felt and that like other people were were sometimes inspired or like I was inspired by their journey or just opened up this world of like love you know and confidence and connection and like mutual inspiration and like then you start to gravitate towards people who are also on that journey and then you're surrounded by a different message entirely it's like when people I mean every bisexual has gone through this where like you you only know straight people but you're bisexual and you're like exploring your queerness and you're out and you're trying to figure it out but you're there's like this this barrier to like feeling as queer as you want to and it's because you're not in queer spaces you're not like living a queer life it doesn't it's not to like erase bisexuality but I've been through this like all my friends were straight everything I did was like straight oriented and but here I am this like queer person trying to find my queerness when I don't have any of that around me and as I started making queer friends, it's like the conversations were different. The way people live their lives were different. The re- relationship models were different. The rules were different. Um, the politics were different. And I was just like, uh, you know, you just settle into this new way of being where you no longer have to explain yourself or like defend your choices or or work so hard to be who you are. Like you can relax and just exist and you're given positive affirmations from the people you're surrounded with who get you my my friend um uh who's a very talented illustrator was just telling me this morning when I was hanging out with her that she she has this like bump on her finger from being an illustrator from like drawing all the time and she for so long has been like self-conscious about it until one day she was hanging out with a bunch of other illustrators and she realized like oh when I'm hanging out with people who aren't illustrators I'm the only one with a bump when I hang out with other illustrators we all have a bump and it's like that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about is like getting with people on your frequency you don't feel alone you don't feel like an outcast you feel belonging you feel understood you feel accepted and it can retrain your brain to perceive yourself differently more positively and and then because of that you are able and strong enough and empowered enough and rooted in self-love enough to go out into the world and maybe inspire others and be that like guidepost for others on their journey to self-love and self-acceptance. And that's how you get into your brain and you start reprogramming your self-perception. That's where true like unshakable confidence comes from. And it doesn't mean that other people can't still be hell. You know, there are always going to be people in the world who aren't doing their work, who are seem to have a vested interest in 
ruining other people's days, you know, who, who are grasping for power in any way they can, who are trying to control people in this negative way, not in the way that's like, I, I want to love you, but I need you to change. But in a way that's like, I don't want you to love yourself. You know, I don't want you to be able to live. I want you to, in some cases, like disappear, like those people who want disabled people out of their sight because they want to forget that COVID exists or people who don't want trans people to exist because I mean, who knows where their reasoning comes from? It's totally nonsensical, but they just, they're so out of touch with themselves and their own truth and the infinite reservoir of love that exists within all of us. They're so disconnected from it that the only thing they know is power and control. The only thing they know is the the ego-loving uh, superiority that they feel when they've decided that someone else is wrong, you know? This reminds me of the past, like, handful of times that I've made any kind of content where I'm, like, scantily clad. And I've posted a lot of this stuff over the years, but I'm like a little bit older now. I'm like, you know, I don't know. The the internet culture in the past couple of years has shifted back towards a less body positive kind of vibe. Like things have taken a turn to the <laughs> to the diet culture um in the last couple of years. And so I'll get a comment where someone's like disgusting or like how dare you? This is so gross. Or I hate seeing this or whatever. And it's these like really extreme reactions to just someone, you know, existing. Uh, and, and I think like, oh, what a miserable person. It's just like that person who has a bad day, who takes it out on everyone around themselves and literally like ruins other people's experience of that day just because like that's how miserable they are. It's like what a terrible life, you know? <laughs> what a terrible life to go through the world inconsiderate and like and and you know, make it so other people have to like shake you off after they have an encounter with you. It's been my lifelong philosophy or goal, I guess I should say that I want to leave every situation I enter better than when I found it. You know, if I can help it, and and I, I'm not perfect, I've messed up <laughs> a time or two, but I want when people leave my presence for them to feel better for having encountered me, right? This is like true with ser service workers, with like children I take care of, with friends I have, like anyone I encounter, I try to like make to be a positive uh, energy in their life. And it doesn't mean that I'm like always happy or that I always do the right thing or that I don't occasionally tell someone off because <laughs> I definitely do. Some people deserve it. Sometimes that is a positive, you know, like if you see someone being racist in public and you like jump in to use your, you know, say you're white and you have white privilege, like to, to jump in and like stand up for someone, that's a positive, you're creating a positive experience for a marginalized person in that moment, right? You're like expressing solidarity, you're, you're like 
making an example, like for the people who are too scared to get involved, you're like, this is how you get involved. If you're brave enough to do that, like you're, even though it's confrontation, like it's with a positive intention. Um, so sometimes telling people off is, is positive. This is, doesn't mean be happy sunshine rainbows all the time. It just means like use your heart, like use your integrity, uh, be brave, be authentic, like be considerate, hold the door open for people behind you. If you see someone behind you, like don't be in such a rush that you need to like push past people to get where you're going. Don't be the kind of person that lays on your horn all the time. Like find patience, find compassion, find that sense of authenticity and vulnerability that leads you to the communities where you're nurtured and supported and respected, where you can find that like beautiful commiseration of belonging and take that positivity into your day-to-day life. Because I think that's what the world needs more of. The world doesn't need more competition and more ruthlessness and more numbing and more separation. We need connection. We need intimacy. We need vulnerability. We need softness. We need nurturing. We need connection, you know, and you can't get there from a place of letting all the negativity stick to you, of playing those same thought patterns that come from the white supremacist, capitalist, et cetera, patriarchy. Like you can't get there in that space. It's That's why it starts with self-love. It starts with unpacking all of that stuff. It starts with untangling your self-perception from those programs. And from there, like, it's so sweet. Like on the other side of that work, or I guess on the other side of the, the like high point of that work is everything I'm talking about. You know, it's like people who reinforce the, the ways you feel good about yourself and who reassure you, um, away from the ways you feel bad about yourself and and in that balance like is your own inner work and I think that all of us even the worst of us hear enough bad things about ourselves like let's go where our grass is watered let's give ourselves what we need and let's be the change we wish to see in the world the walk on podcast is a production of walk on productions It is written, recorded, hosted, produced, and marketed by yours truly. (laughs) That's right, folks. It's a one-person dog and pony show. If you'd like to help keep us afloat, you can donate on our anchor.fm page. That's anchor.fm backslash Brit-Cannon. You can also go to my website, BritCannon.me, to access lots of other things like the blog that goes along with this podcast, my two YouTube channels, the Walk On Podcast YouTube channel, and my personal YouTube channel that features my poetry and music. You can access the album Shiny Silver Snakes that I made with my good friend Lokomoko. You can find Mantra, the EP that Walk On, the theme song to this podcast, is part of. And you can find Flight of the Final Girl, which is my debut poetry collection. There's also merch, t-shirts, stickers, mugs, lots of other stuff with the swears on them. (laughs) There are photos, videos, 
and links to all of the services I offer, including tarot readings, astrology readings, mentorship services, if you'd like some one-on-one consultations outside of the realm of tarot and astrology. And you can also access my self-love course, which is a 30-day journal-centered self-love course that is designed to help you build a deeper friendship and more loving relationship with yourself. There are journal prompts, guided meditations, self-care rituals, letter writing assignments, and a whole lot more. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for doing the work. Happy healing. Until next time. Bye.